us to the book of Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35. Genesis 35. I'm going to read verses 17 to 19. Genesis 35, verses 17 to 19. You don't need to go too far. It's very there in the first book of the Bible. Amen. If you are there, shout hallelujah. Genesis 35, verses 17 to 19. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody who is excited to be in the house of God this morning, praise the Lord. This morning, the topic we are going to be discussing for a few minutes is what I call, Father, change my story. The Father, We are very cold this morning. And it's not a cold day. Say, Father, Father, change my story. story. And every story that needs to be changed in your life today will be changed in Jesus' name. In the passage we read, the Bible tells us that Rachel was about to give birth to her last son, her second child. The first was Joseph. I believe many of us know the story of Joseph. But the Bible says she had what the Bible calls hard labor. And as the boy was going to come forth, the midwives were comforting her. Oh, be strong. You have a child coming. You are going to have this child. There's no problem. But at that point, she had made up her mind that this boy is not bringing me anything good. And so, even though the boy eventually came, she gave him a name. And the name she gave him is Benoni, or Benoni, to call it our own way. Amen? The question is, what is the meaning of the name she gave that boy? That name means son of my sorrow. That was the name she gave her son. She gave him the name and she departed from the world. So as far as she was concerned, and as far as that boy was concerned, it was a terminal uh, pronouncement. But thank God for Jacob. Tell somebody, thank God for Jacob. Uh, maybe put it in a better way, say, thank God for Father. Somebody does not want to say that. Amen. Jacob realized one thing. That there was a name he was given at birth that set the course and direction of his life. And all through his life, he had to be, I mean, he was struggling for one thing or the other. And he realized that if this boy is allowed to grow up with this name, it will spell problem for him in future. 
So right from the day he was born, immediately his mother made a pronouncement of a name for him. Jacob changed the name. And what is the name that Jacob gave that boy? Benjamin. Benjamin. Whereas the mother called him, son of my sorrow, the father called him, the son of my right hand. And brethren, there's a world of difference between the two. Why did Rachel have the problem she had at the birth of that boy? The problem she had was self-inflicted. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 31 that when Jacob was going to leave Laban, who happened to be the father of Rachel and Leah, Jacob called his wives, called them to the field and said, we are leaving. And they said, fine, let's go. But while every other person left legitimately with nothing that would tie them back, the Bible says Rachel took her father's idols. In Genesis chapter 31, verse 32. Genesis 31, verse 32. Genesis 31, verse 32. When Laban realized that Jacob had gone with his household, he went after them. And when eventually he caught up with them, he said, if you will leave, good. You have to live with your family. Why did you take my gods? Why did you take my idols? And Jacob made a pronouncement in that verse 32. Jacob said, with whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Jacob pronounced a curse on his wife without knowing. Because he did not know that she had stolen the idols. He did not know that the idols she took, I mean, would be a cause of pain in future. When you go to verse 34 of that passage, the Bible says, Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture, and she sat upon them. And Laban sat all the tents, but found them not. Not only did she steal her father's idols, she was an unrepentant idol worshiper. She would not even allow the man to take his jack garbage and go back with them. She hid them. She sat on them and she told a lie. The Bible says, she told her father in verse 35, Let it not displease you that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. But she was sitting on those idols. She brought a judgment of death upon herself. And so it was just a matter of time. I'm reminded of a story that a man of God shared. Some of us might have heard the, the name. name the man is, is late now, Derek Prince. He was a deliverance minister, a man of the world, a teacher of the world in many ways. But he said, early in life, in his ministry, he had a picture, a beautiful picture, that he put in his sitting room. That picture was a picture that had passed from his grandfather, who, was some, who went to either China or India, from his grandfather to his father, from his father to him. So it was a family treasure. And this man was not a man of God. He left his work in academics, went into the ministry. And then one day he was praying. That picture that was on his wall was a picture of a dragon. 
And he just treasured it. Oh, it came down from my grandfather to my father. My grandfather brought it from China. So it's a family treasure. And the Lord opened his eyes. That what he had in his house was what was hindering his blessing. I pray for someone here today. If there's anything in your house that is hindering your blessing, God will open your eyes to it. Amen. Not only will God open your eyes, you will get rid of it. Amen. Because you must prosper. Amen. I say you must prosper. Amen. Tell somebody, I must prosper. You will prosper in Jesus' name. God opened his eyes to see that that beautiful picture of a dragon in his sitting room was what was hindering his prosperity. This man was a man of God. Preaching the word of God. But that was the day that his finances had a turnaround. He removed it. He didn't want to. It was not easy. But once the Lord told him, that is an idol. It's not supposed to be in your house, in your sitting room. He removed it and he burnt it. So from that day onwards, his finances turned around. Before he, they, they, he had, it was difficult. They were having I mean, difficulties, merely surviving. Within months, he had a house. Because the, the, the demon that was hindering his prosperity in the name of a family treasure had been destroyed. Every demon that is hindering the plan and purpose of God for, for you, the fire of God will consume today in Jesus' name. Amen. I said the fire of God will consume in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Rachel brought evil upon herself. But when she was dying, she transferred it unto who? Unto her son. She said the boy was a son of sorrow. Meanwhile, it wasn't the boy's fault. But his father knew better. And he said, no. Your name shall be Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And that name is very significant, brethren. The son of his right hand means it's a son that receives favor and special blessing. And I speak to somebody's life here today. Favor and special blessing shall be your portion in Jesus' name. Whatever pronouncement anyone has made upon you, I say your portion is favor and special blessing in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Genesis 45 verse 22 that when Joseph eventually saw his brothers, he gave every one of them a portion to each one a change of raiment. Genesis 45 verse 22. Genesis 45 verse 22. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. It wasn't just a double portion. This was simply a multiple portion. Because his name was Benjamin. Because he was the son of the right hand. Brethren, the son of the right hand is a protected son. Is what? It's a protected son. It's a protected son. Rachel would have left that boy spiritually exposed. With the pronouncement she made on him before her death. But God intervened. And do you know, brethren, as we are here today, God wants to intervene in somebody's life. Amen. God is saying there is a story that needs to change. Amen. God is saying there is a situation that needs to change. God is saying there is a position that needs a turnaround. And concerning somebody here today, there shall be a turnaround. Amen. I said there shall be a turnaround. Amen. The son of the right hand 
is a soul that is prepared for greatness. A soul that is prepared for what? For greatness. In Genesis 48 from verse 17 to verse 19, Genesis 48 from verse 17 to verse 19, we see where Jacob was blessing Ephraim and Manasseh. The Bible says Manasseh was the firstborn of Joseph. Ephraim was the second son of Joseph. And Jacob was praying for them. And Jacob placed, Jacob placed his right hand on Ephraim. And he placed his left hand on Manasseh. And when Joseph protested, said, no, this is the firstborn. Your right hand should be upon him. The Bible says in verse 19 that Jacob, his father, refused and said, I know it, my son. I know it. He also shall become a people. And he also shall be great. Talking of Manasseh, the firstborn. He said, but truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And I speak to somebody's life here today. You will be greater. Amen. I don't know if we are comparing where you are now to where you will be. Or maybe we are just comparing where you are to where members of your family are. But I am telling someone here today, you will be greater. Amen. Tell somebody, I will, I will be greater. And you will be greater in Jesus' name. What others have not been able to do in your household, small and large, you will do in Jesus' name. Beyond human limitations, you will be greater in the name of Jesus. The son of the right hand. The right hand is a, is a right hand of strength. It's a hand of strength. It's a hand of strength. I remember the word the Lord sent to us, uh, uh, was it last week? Of somebody whose right hand was being attacked. Sustenance is being attacked. If you cannot use your right hand, the Bible says, whatsoever your hands finds to do, do it with all of your mind. But if your hands have been incapacitated, how are you able to do anything? The right hand is the hand of strength. Isaiah 62 verse 8. Isaiah 62 verse 8. Isaiah 62 verse 8. The Bible says, The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength. He says, Surely, I will no more give thy corn to be meat for your enemies. Amen. Only one person is claiming that. Amen. He says, surely I will no more give your corn to be meat for your enemies. Amen. And the sons of the stranger shall not drink your wine. Amen. That for which you have labored. In other words, whatever you work for, Amen. you will eat the fruit of your labor in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not eat and you will not plant for others to come and harvest in the name of Jesus. That was the story of Benjamin. There's another name we want to, want to look at this morning, brethren. And that is a brother called Ichabod. A brother called Ichabod. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, from verse 19 to verse 22. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 19 to verse 22. The Bible says, the daughter-in-law of Eli, Phinehas' wife, she was with child. And she was about to deliver. Or rather, she was, maybe it was time for her to deliver, but she was not in labor until she had the news. And what was that news? The ark of the Lord had been captured. 
Her brother and his husband were dead on the battlefield. When her father-in-law heard what happened, the Bible says he fell backwards, he broke his neck and what? And he died. When this lady heard the news, suddenly she fell into hard labor. And just like uh, uh, Rachel did, she transferred the problem of Israel and her problem onto who? Onto her, the boy that was born. She gave him a name. She said, from this day onwards, your name will be Brother Ichabod. Or somebody said, Ichabod. <laughs> Sister Mary, how do you pronounce it? You see, I'm right. Ichabod. <laughs> and what is the meaning of that name? The glory has departed. What a name. That is the name she gave to that boy. Was it his fault? And brethren, that name marked the beginning of the end. Not only for Ichabod, but for the household of Eli. When it was all said and done, the Bible says, the household of Eli was completely removed from ministering unto the Lord. When you go to 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 27, the last member of that, of that lineage was a man called Abiata. And Solomon removed him from being priest. That was the end of the story. That name was prophetic. I pray for someone here today. Your name will not carry a negative prophecy. Amen. And every negative prophecy has been released upon you. I cancel today in the name of Jesus. Amen. What of Brother Jabez? We know Jabez very well. First Chronicles chapter 4, from verse 9 to verse 10. Jabez was rejected. We don't know what his situation was with his mother. God will help us with our mother, so. I said, God will help us with our mothers. Because if your mother has made that negative pronouncement on you, except God intervenes, there's trouble, though. But I know today, if there's anyone that is carrying such a negative pronouncement, God will turn it around in Jesus' name. I said, God will turn it around in Jesus' name. Jabez was rejected at birth because the Bible says his mother bore him in sorrow. Unlike Rachel and uh, Ichabod's mother, we are not told that she died or anything. We don't know what was the source of her sorrow. But she just decided that this young man, you are coming at a time I don't like, things are not right with me, and so your name is what? Jabez. And the man grew up. And he looked at his situation. And he said, Lord, this is not just. You are a just God. Why should I suffer because my mother was unhappy when she had given back to me? And do you know, brethren, that is the situation of some people? Simply because your mother or your father was not happy when you were born. It becomes a problem. Maybe when you were born, your parents said, we want a daughter. We want a girl by all means. And lo and behold, what happens? It's another boy. And if it is that time that they go and check the, 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 the sex of the baby, and they realize that it's a boy from the womb, they say, ah, ah, you. If only you can disappear before you are born. Is that not so? 
Well, maybe the, the uh, woman wants a girl. Or maybe she wants a boy. And she does everything. And lo and behold, instead of Joseph, it's Josephine that has come. And unfortunately, the rejection that starts from the womb is carried through life for many people. It's brought in, I mean, it's carried through life. Jabez made up his mind. My mother could have been unhappy when I was born. My father could have done nothing about it. But who will do something about it? Who will do something about it? He said, I will do something about it. God would have done nothing if he did not cry to God. I will do so. And if you do something about it, God will have no chance. I mean, will have no choice. But to do what? He will answer. He has to do something. Tell somebody I will do something. Your own is very simple. Your own is to pray. Your own is to tell God, enough is enough. Your own is to tell God that, Lord, you created me. You created me. You gave me life. You've brought me thus far. When I was born, there was nothing I could do. But now I can do something. And it's very simple. I can pray. And I will pray. Tell somebody I will pray. And when you pray, God will answer you. Jabez made up his mind that the rejection of the past will not determine my future. Jabez made up his mind that my story must change. And he didn't just talk. He backed up his words with what? With action. He went on his knees. He said, oh Lord, oh Lord, you have to intervene. Bless me indeed. I want blessing beyond the ordinary. Enlarge my coast. Let your hands be with me. Keep me from all evil. Let it stop grieving me. Let it never grieve me again. And the Bible says God granted him that which he requested. And God is here to grant somebody. That which you are going to request today. It will answer you in Jesus' name. That story must change today in the name of Jesus. Finally, there was a man called Jephthah. In Judges chapter 11. Jephthah in Judges chapter 11. The Bible says he was a mighty man of valor. But he had a very big butt in his life. What was that butt? He was the son of a harlot. Judges chapter 11 verse 1. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. His father was a mighty man. His mother was a harlot. Now, a harlot that has a successful business, does she want to have a child? Answer me, does she want to have a child? Because the child is an interruption to her business. Is that not so? So it means from the day that woman knew she was pregnant with a child, that child was born with rejection. In fact, at times he would look at him and say, useless boy. You are the one that came and destroyed my business. From the time you came into my life, business ran down. Is that also? Because after the boy is born, maybe she doesn't even have the shape of a harlot again. So, 
The, the men that used to run after her, they now say, ah, you, are, go, go, you are in the wrong business. So she would look at that boy and say, you are the cause of my sorrow. Why did you come into my life? Brethren, we are looking at the situation of a harlot. Are there no mothers that do that? They are not harlots. In real life today, they look at their children and say, ah, 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 I don't know why I gave birth to you. Yes. They look at their children and say, ah, who, who, who brought you into my, ah, is that your useless father? Yes. And they are talking to their own children. There are children that have been caused by their parents and that is what has limited their progress in life. Every negative pronouncement concerning you that is limiting or that has limited your life before now. From father, from mother, or from your spouse, it is broken in the name of Jesus. I say it is broken in the name of Jesus. As if that was not enough for Brother Jephthah. The Bible says after he was born, he was growing up in the midst of the other children of his father. And one day they looked at him and said, look at this one. Son of Harlot. You also want to have an inheritance in this household. Before we count four, pack your things and do what? They sent him packing. Rejected before he was born. Rejected at birth. Rejected from his father's house. Sent out into the open. But Jephthah made up his mind. He said, they, they have rejected me from in, where I am comfortable. They have sent me out of my comfort zone. But I have chosen that I will not fail in life. And I speak to somebody here today. You will not fail in life. Amen. I said, you will not fail in life. Amen. The Bible says that Jephthah went to a place called Tob. And the Bible makes us understand that Tob means what? It means good. So he ran away from his brethren. And he went unto a good land. The scripture says, Oh, taste and see. That what? That the Lord is good. He was chased out from his mother's house or from his father's house. But he began to experience the goodness of God. He went to the land where he could experience the goodness of God. And the Bible says he found acceptance in that land of Tobit. And his light began to do what? To shine. Because when he got to that land, many, it was like the story of David. Many that had issues, that had problems from different areas, they did what? They came unto Jephthah. And he became their leader. And that's how he became a mighty man. You see, the problem that Jephthah had became a stepping stone for his greatness. And speak to somebody's life here today. I said you will be great. Amen. I said you will be great. Amen. But if you are going to be great, you are not going to be great by running away from difficult situations. You, you are not great because you wake up, you eat, and you sleep. Is that what makes anyone great? And there are billions of people like you. If that's what, if that is your own greatness, nobody will know you. But that difficulty that comes across your path, that the Lord gives you the solution to, that is what will separate you from others. And when it comes, don't turn your back on that situation. Because God, the Bible says, no temptation has overtaken you, but what? Such as is common unto man. He said, God is able. And will with the temptation do what? 
make a way of escape. There is a way of escape in that difficult situation. There is a path to greatness in that difficult situation. If you do not turn your back and say, ah, this one is too much, I cannot. Tell somebody you can. Don't tell the person, yes, you can. You cannot afford to turn your back on that situation because there is a solution that God has prepared. Jephthah went to the land of Tob. Others came around him and he was only being prepared for the day. Those that chased him away will come looking for him. Brethren, our God is a God that creates situations. You know what that means? He made sure that when problem came to the land of Gilead, there was no man that could stand in and lead them to war. They had to go back to Jephthah. Your place will not be taken by anyone else. Maybe I should put it better. Your position of honor, no one will take it from you. In that day that God has proposed that he wants to lift you up, no one will take your place. Whoever wants to take your place, because the chair is not meant for him, he will fall on the chair. And it's a taboo. The moment he falls, he's gone. You will attain divine purpose in Jesus' name. They went and begged him. They brought him back. He became a good influence to others who came to the light of his glory. You know, when you get to the place that God wants to lift you up, the light of your glory begins to shine. As the light of your glory begins to shine, it attracts others. It attracts, they see something that you may not even see yourself. That there is a light shining here. I want to be a partaker of that light. I want to be a partaker of that glory. Remember, brethren, this is the year of his glory. And I know that there's someone here today whose glory will shine this year. I said, there's someone in our midst whose glory will shine this year. And you will be a light that will touch the lives of others. So one thing that is common to all the people we are talking about today is that they were rejected either from the womb or they were rejected at birth. Or some, it was even later in life. For Jephthah, it was rejection upon rejection upon rejection. Levels of rejection, beginning from the womb. But one day, God came through for him. What are some manifestations of of rejection? As we round up. What are some things that shows that this one is dealing with one form of rejection or the other? The first one is depression. Is what? It's like a cloud that covers the individual and is unable to come out of it. Because the devil has been given an access into the life of that person. Depression. That's number one. Number two is what I call dark spells. It's related to the first, but it's just, you just, at times you just feel this total darkness around you. It's not that it's night. It's not night. It's during the day. It's not an experience of darkness and nothing else. Once in a while, it lifts up. 
If you are having, I mean, such episodes, you are, there is a spirit of rejection that needs to be uprooted. And then you might find yourself in situations where you are consumed by darkness. Where you are what? Especially, you find out that you have dreams. You always see yourself in the dark. And not just ordinary darkness, dreaded darkness. That when you wake up, you are gasping. You are, you are, you are happy, you are awake. But in that dream, it's darkness all around. Brethren, when a baby is in the womb, the level of uh, 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 light that the baby is exposed to when, the, when it's born is not the same as what is in the womb. True or false? And so when rejection has started in the womb, there is a level of darkness that the baby, is, the baby is born with, that the baby grows up with. And unless there is divine intervention, that rejection will haunt everything that child does for the rest of his or her life. There's only one solution to the darkness of rejection. It needs to be consumed by the light of God. The glory of God must shine forth. That's why in the book of Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. Isaiah said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. It's the same passage that Jesus read in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. Verse 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So Christ has come that you and I might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that the name of the Lord may be what? Glorified. Tell somebody, my life will glorify the name of the Lord. As if you mean it, say, my life will glorify the name of the Lord. What makes your life to glorify the name of the Lord? It's because God gives you a testimony. It's because you are able to say like that blind man. Say, I don't know much about even the man that healed me. But this one thing I know. Once I was what? But now I Jesus Christ already said, when they asked him, who did sin that this man was born blind? He said, nobody. Nobody sinned. John chapter 9. Nobody sinned. But this is happened to him. That what? That the name of the Lord may be glorified. When the man eventually said, I don't know what you people are saying. I don't even know the man that healed me. I don't know if he's a sinner or not. But I know that God does not answer sinners. And this man prayed and my eyes were open. And I can tell you this. Once I was blind. But now I see. God will give you a testimony. Amen. God will make you a testimony. Amen. God will change your story. Amen.